Chasing 1969. We got a Friday pod September 29th. Uh, we are potentially a very contentious episode. We are going to talk about really who's to blame for the this uh, portion of the Jets season that we're in. We're going to talk about the Patriots' uh, victory over New York 15-10 to 10 on Sunday um, and preview uh, Chiefs at Jets Sunday Night Football in just a couple short days. Uh, before we get to all that and before we welcome in Teddy, make sure to follow us on Twitter at NYJ underscore Chasing69. Same as the YouTube channel. Teddy is at Teddy Huncho. I am at Spring Blake. Theodore, we're about five days removed from what was a pretty gross, another gross Zach Wilson game. Um, we're going to recap that in a fun way of just like everybody sucks instead of just going into specifics necessarily. But what is your general mood today? Um, and then kind of reflecting yeah. on the Jets as well too this week. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I said it last week um, and it was just kind of one of those weeks where I was right on the brink and I was like, we're either going to come out and look okay against the Patriots and maybe win and I'm going to feel good or we're going to come out and kind of do exactly what we've been doing the past three years. Um, and that is definitely what happened. I mean, Zach Wilson didn't throw four interceptions, so that was a positive from last year's uh, Patriots game. But, you know, another just pedestrian uh, effort from the Jets offense, another year where, you know, we're currently sitting as the worst offense in the league and a lot of important metrics. Um, so, yeah, it's been – it hasn't been the best week for me, especially as a Jets, like in terms of just the Jets stuff. Um, I definitely haven't been in the mood to tweet a whole ton. I haven't <laughs> been in the mood to get in general discourse about the Jets. And it's not because I like disagree or like whatever, but it has been deflating. You know, today is one of those podcasts where we're going to sit here and we're going to talk about a game where the offense just literally could not move the ball down the field could not look like a normal offense it's another week where you watch every other team in the nfl even the really bad ones even the struggling ones and they still just look like they're playing a completely different game than the jets offense does um so it's just kind of like it's one of those days where everyone wants to like panic and freak out and you know, blame, like just maybe not blames the right word, but just like be like, this is why we lost. This is why we lost. This is why we lost. And it's just like, it's the same shit that we've been talking about forever. You know, it's the same story of just like this incompetent quarterback. Obviously all these other factors play in as well, but um, you know, we've done this plenty of times. We have sat yeah. here after a, a, an ugly game like this. Um, so I'm definitely deflated from, from that perspective. Yeah, I, I didn't get the chance. And we were Teddy and I were talking about this beforehand. I was able to watch highlights and clips on Twitter. I wasn't able to watch the actual game live. I was enjoying myself at a nice music festival, um, which Smart then I got strep strep throat from. So not as fun of a move as from that, but uh still uh didn't get the chance, but uh can take a look at the numbers, can take a look at the highlights. I think we obviously have to start with Zach Wilson again, uh, which, you know, however many times we've come on this show and been like, yeah, the quarterback play was bad again. Uh, you know, the numbers were 18 for 36, 157 yards, like you said, zero touchdowns, zero picks, um, which now brings his career numbers against the Patriots and a five-game sample size to 50% completion percentage around 170 yards per game, two touchdowns to seven interceptions, 14 sacks, and a quarterback rating of 53.4. Uh, 
Um, so like you said, no picks. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But if we're well, talking about development for a young quarterback, he basically put out the same game as he has outside of the turnovers uh, again and again and again. Yeah, I, real quick before I let you continue it, that has been very um, like popular online, at least in our universe. To People have been tweeting out like Zach's career stats against the Patriots. Um, and it just has been making me laugh every time because the two touchdowns, seven interceptions, like that was already the line before the game. Before, you the, know, game. So before <laughs> the game, it was like Zach Wilson has thrown two touchdowns, seven interceptions against the, the Patriots. Like what will he be able to do this time? You know, and then after the game, like those two numbers have just stayed exactly the same, which I think is a little bit funny. Did anything from watching this game feel different than the games of watching Zach Wilson before against New England, New England specifically, because we've seen a bunch of really bad ones. What did anything pop off? I guess not film wise, but it's film. You know, what did it seem like during the course of the game from, from Zach? I really do think this game needs to be viewed as like a wake up call of all wake up calls. You know, like obviously we've been sitting here and, all kind of agreeing that Zach Wilson is not that great of a quarterback, but, you know, we had some hope, at least, you know, me as a Jets fan, when he gets thrust in, I'm like, Hey, maybe things will get better. Um, Definitely not. And I think what's funny about this game is when you compare it to a lot of other games that Zach Wilson has played, it's actually probably not one of his worst, you know, or at least one of maybe not one of his better games, but kind of, I mean, mainly what I'm saying there is mainly what I'm saying there is he didn't turn the ball over. And that is something that has plagued him, you know, throughout his two and a half years here has been just like throwing interception after interception, fumbling the ball, whatever. Um, But you look and that really wasn't the case. And he wasn't really missing um, like short accuracy throws. Like it wasn't like his accuracy was off. My biggest thing that stuck out about Zach Wilson and and the stats show it, you know, Zach Wilson had the longest time to throw in the NFL across the board out of all quarterbacks Mm. last week. And I think two weeks ago he was, you know, if not, I think it was, was I think it was first again. Yeah. Yeah, It was up in the top five, two weeks in a row where this guy is showing us that he just isn't being decisive enough and not throwing the ball. You know, you watch other offenses and other quarterbacks and they have these timing routes and they have these plays where it's catch, throw, you know, one, two, throw. Like that is very important for an NFL quarterback. And Zach Wilson has just shown us time and time again that that is not something he's going to be able to do. Um, and I think it really like it's easy for people to be like, oh, the offensive line sucks. Like he keeps getting sacked. He keeps getting hit. But it's like, sure, you can say that. But the only reason that it maybe seems like that is because the quarterback isn't getting rid of the ball. So for me, uh, this was just kind of like a final confirmation of like, even when he's not completely turning the ball over and even when he's not, you know, missing easy throws that he should be making, he was able to take those problems of his game away. But still, we just weren't able to move the ball. He didn't look, you know, confident, didn't look decisive. And you look at that stat line, you know, he had 157 yards I think 78 came on the one drive that we we actually looked pretty good and we ended up scoring so I mean it was just a completely terrible terrible day from Zach Wilson day from the Jets offense and you know personally like we're going to talk a lot about like who's to blame here personally 
my take is very strongly that it's 99% Zach Wilson. Um, and just, you know, off of that, I will throw in our O line was awesome. Like they played really, really well with the, the new kind of switch up that we had, mm-hmm. you know, um, with Dwayne Brown, not playing. So, and him heading to the short term IR as well too out for now. Yeah at least four games. Um, yeah, that was a, that was a, a move that we got a little bit before game time. So um, I guess before we talk about the blame, just the shuffle up, we talked about it all off season. Um, and Salah said it all off season. We're going to put the best five out there that give us a, a chance to win. And two games in, they weren't getting that out of the current group. They shuffle it up. Makai moves to left tackle. AVT's out at right tackle. They slide Titman in there. And uh, for what it's worth, a much better improvement against still a good defensive line and a good, you know, front seven from new England as well too. Um, when we take a look, I guess, in terms of pass protection, much better as someone who didn't get to watch was the, was the struggles in the run game again, because it was a, another very poor, you know, game from the rushing attack. Was that just more new England, much like Dallas, where it was like, we know this offense isn't going to throw the football, so we're just going to stack ourselves in and, and really just make make Zach Wilson try to have to beat us deep, even though we know he won't. Yeah, you know, I, I think that's where most of the kind of blame can be put, because it was just another classic right. game like you, Bill Belichick's that smart, you know, and he's going to he 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 heard everyone saying we had to get Brees more involved. And he knows that Zach Wilson has not shown the ability to throw the ball downfield, you know, so right. so that's what they're you're looking at, you know, eight man boxes running it in and then it just again, is one of those games where it's like the running game is always going to kind of struggle when you're not on the field a ton and it's never going to look great. You know, early in the, or, uh, in the second quarter, I believe our first drive that we actually were able to move the ball a little bit and, and actually got down the field and got into Patriots territory. Like we just ran eight run plays or maybe it was seven, seven run plays, one pass play. Like it was quite literally you know, one of those drives where it was like, we are not going to allow our quarterback to throw the ball. And, you know, one of the big complaints, I'd say, you know, again, I, I do think most of this falls on our quarterback play, but I will say, you know, the the lack of willingness to throw the ball on first down definitely was coming in there to bite us, you know, on first down, the defense is out there in one high sets, you know, trying to stop the run. And what did we do? We ran the ball into it a ton. Um, I forgot what my overall point was there, but it, you know, the run game probably is going to get a lot of negative talk about it. But to me, it was not really a product of like those mm-hmm. players and the protection not being well, it was just the offense as a whole, not being able to move the ball. Right. So I think the big conversation, the big thing that we need to go about as well, too, is is talking about this blame. And I get where you're saying 99% of that blame needs to be on Zach Wilson um, because it was his play on the field that has set the Jets back almost a year and a half from success at this point. Now, if you want to go back to the middle point of last season, so maybe it's just a full calendar year here. Obviously, he wasn't expected to be out there this year. Hey, if you don't, if you didn't remember Aaron Rodgers tours Achilles four plays in, and here we are a few weeks later dealing with the same shit again. At the same time, what player out there is going to bench himself or say, you're right. I'm not giving us the best chance to win right now. Let me take a step back. And that's where I want to bring up Robert Sala, Joe Douglas, the Jets organization as a whole, when we talk about blame, because blame needs to be on them. 
this is a team that has a top five at worst defense. It's probably top three. You could say it's top two. You could say it's number one. I'm not going to argue with you. It's, it's at the very least a top five defense this year. It was a top five defense last year. You have uh, one of the younger, more prolific wide receivers in the league in Garrett Wilson. When healthy, you have a very good running back duo between Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook. And while it's only been one week, we are hopefully going to see an improved offensive line as the season goes on. We were just talking about the fact of the offensive line and Robert Sala all throughout training camp and the offseason. We're going to put the best five out there that give us a, a, a chance to win. And he is still sitting here a year and a half later saying Zach Wilson gives us the best chance to win here at quarterback. Um, that is a flat out lie. It's not true. He knows it's not true. I'm tired of hearing him say, we believe in Zach Wilson. We trust Zach Wilson. Meanwhile, they are not running an offense to let, you know, Zach Wilson, you know, have success here or let him flourish. Now, obviously there's a lot of coddling. There's a lot of, um, being scared necessarily of where things could go wrong, but there is blame that needs to go down from management to coaching that we're sitting here in the same situation. Um, you know, we signed Trevor Simeon. He's going to be in there as another quarterback on this depth chart, along with uh, why is his name skipping my brain right Tim now? Doyle. Tim Boyle. Tim Boyle. Um, but I just, I need your opening thoughts before we get into things a little bit more in regard to yeah. the blame that does, need to be thrown toward Robert Sala or Joe Douglas or ownership outside of just a player who's being given way more, way longer of a leash than he deserves. Yeah. Um, I hear you for sure. And I do. Um, I don't know for me, it, it, it's I, cause I totally agree with you, right? Like having to see Robert Sala come up here week after week and give these press conferences where he is trying to say, we trust Zach Wilson and we believe in Zach Wilson when every single person, you know, has been able to say, listen, I've seen enough. I've watched this kid play for two and a half years now. Um, you know, fireman Ed's coming out saying it's time to bench Zach Wilson. Joe Namath's coming Joe Namath, out saying it's dude. time to bench, which like when I first saw that it like bothered me. Cause I'm like, why does Joe Namath need to be doing that? But at the same time, like, like we do a podcast together. Right. And mm -hmm. you try to like, not be just like the negative Nancy and you try to not just like beat this guy down over and over again. But at the end of the day, it's like Joe Namath wants to look like he knows what he's talking about, you know, like, and so when you sit there and you say like Zach Wilson, he's just not good enough. Like, at first I kind of took that as like, God damn Joe, like chill out, but it's just really true. You know, like we've all watched it. We all believe it. Um, to come to Robert Sala's defense, I think, you know, for me, it's important to remember that again, we did do this last year, right? Where we played Zach Wilson and we gave him his chance and his try full, you know, good college try he got two years in the league. He was able to play a decent amount of games over that. Probably 75% of them he started over his first two years. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it never looked great. And at the end of last season, they came out and they said, you know, we were deficient at quarterback this season. We feel this team would be very good, but we didn't feel our quarterback play was good enough. And they were very honest about that. And they said, 
you know, Zach Wilson, we feel that for him, the talent is there, but a lot of this is mental right now. The kid needs a hard reset. He needs to, you know, we'll put him as a backup and we'll just go from there. Like the fact that they're before they had another quarterback on the roster are saying Zach's going to be our quarterback too. You know, like that is them being honest and admitting like, hey, we kind of realize that this guy isn't the best. Where I think the blame starts is, you know, okay, so you go out and you make the move for Rodgers and you kind of just say, all right, we're going to roll with Zach Wilson as our number two. And to me, you know, we did this whole uh, podcast over the summer and I constantly was like, I don't think Zach Wilson will ever play another snap again. Like, what has he shown anyone that would make them want to take a chance on this guy? But to try to save face, to try to hopefully, you know, build this guy's confidence back up. Maybe Joe Douglas ends up being right. If Zach Wilson comes in in 2025 and doesn't look terrible, whatever, you know. And so they just kind of were like, all right, we'll go in with this plan. And I think that's where the first kind of blame starts is, is you, di- you didn't have a backup plan for Aaron Rodgers and you didn't have, you know, uh, hey, we just said that we don't think Zach should really be playing and he should just be able to sit on the bench and learn. And now all of a sudden four plays into our season, this guy's getting thrust out there that we already admitted to you, you know, wasn't good enough. Um, so that's where I think it starts. But I also do think like to me, that's more of a Joe Douglas and front office decision than it is a Robert Sala going up, going to bat for Zach Wilson. And then, you know, where we stand right now, I do agree with you. Like you can't put a team out that can't move the ball offensively three weeks in a row and put a team out that got completely clowned against the Cowboys and then has a game against the Patriots where they only allow 15 points, really 13 points because you throw in the safety and you, you have, this is what killed Zach Wilson last year, right? It was a 10 to three loss against the Patriots, but instead it's the same shit. And then you come out again and you're like, Hey, this guy's, we trust him. And so I totally agree with you that like that comes off horrible. That is a bad look for Robert Sala. And whether it's his fault or not, he, that is a negative. That's a blemish on his career. But to some extent, I do think like he's kind of in this trap scenario of what am I supposed to say? You want me to get up here and say, we don't think Zach Wilson's good enough, you know, and, and maybe it's put in Doyle or Boyle if you want to, but I do think partially Robert Sala has to be the front man for the organization and all those decisions, whereas pressure could be coming from Woody or Joe to say, hey, we're going to roll with Zach for right now. And you got to just kind of go put on a brave face and deal with these people. And see, and that's where I think things can potentially, you know, and we saw it a little bit last year. Things could get really messy as the season goes along, if that's the case, because we had players really speak out last year about Zach Wilson. We had players wearing the Mike White jersey after his or Mike White t-shirts after his first start or dirt before his first start. Like the the Samini report came out, how much truth to it we don't know. There's a report, you know, as if, if this continues on again, there's a chance of losing the locker room. Uh, and and they saved it kind of last year by going to Mike until he got banged up and then you were just like, okay, well we're out of all options. We got to go back to Zach for a little bit and they they did move it around there. You're you're just you're running such a risk here where I think Robert Sala almost needs to stand up for himself a little bit and say, like, you guys, if 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 I'm the one that has to go out there and speak every week and every day after every practice and every game 
you guys need to help me out here because his affinity and his quotes and comments about, you know, trusting Zach Wilson, they're just going to continue to piss everybody else off in that locker room because everybody knows there that it's not true. And um, look, man, I, I just, the jobs are safe. The jobs are safe for Joe and Sala. As long as Aaron Rodgers is coming back next year, as long as a dumpster fire doesn't happen within the organization surrounding the Zach Wilson situation, their jobs are safe. But if they hadn't signed Aaron Rodgers and they were still holding this affinity towards Zach Wilson, I think these guys would be gone within a month or at least Sala would because this is just, it's so inexcusable. Around the league last week, we had a few quarterbacks come in. I just wanted to pinpoint a few things that happened in week three of the NFL season. Uh, Josh Dobbs considered one of the other worst starting quarterbacks in football went up against the Dallas Cowboys with less talented weapons, a way worse defense and a way worse offensive line. He went 17 of 21. They scored 28 points and beat the Dallas Cowboys, the team that the Jets lost to 40 to 10 the week prior. Gardner Minshew, terrible torrential downpour. Um, comes in in place of Anthony Richardson out with a concussion. He had a full week of practice, so it wasn't something that he was like thrown into. Um, but Shane Steichen drew up an amazing game plan, and they end up squeaking one out in Baltimore. Uh, C.J. Stroud put up 37 points on Jacksonville. Now he might be a pretty good quarterback, so that's not something there. But I'm just, I, I, I just, I can't feel comfortable saying like, like I understand Zach needs to be better if he's going to be the quarterback. But my point is he shouldn't be the quarterback. They need to make right. a move. They need to do something. We've got Kansas City coming up on Sunday. Zach is going to be the starting quarterback. Does he last the full game? Hopefully not. Maybe not. Maybe they move on to someone. Maybe there's a trade coming down the road. Like, I just... Are the Jets Super Bowl champions this season without Aaron Rodgers? No. Could they be a playoff contender or in the divisional round with average quarterback play? Definitely. I pulled up. I went back over the last, what, one, two, three, four, five, six seasons. And I compiled a list of teams that had top five scoring defenses and top 16 scoring offenses. They just had to be average or better on offense and one of the best five defenses. So we're just saying right now, if the Jets defense had average offensive play, they combined four, let's see. One, two. So uh, let me, let me, I'm just going to go year <laughs> by year. This is going to be way easier. 2017, there were five teams in that case. All, all of the top five defenses had a, a above average offense. Uh, one missed the playoffs at nine and seven. That was the Chargers, but you had all four other teams make the AFC and NFC title games and then the Super Bowl between the Patriots and the Eagles. So that's the Vikings, the Jaguars, the Eagles, and the Patriots. 2018, three teams, the Bears, Ravens, and Texans all made the playoffs, all were in the wild card weekend. 2019, three teams, Patriots, Ravens, Vikings, Patriots, AFC wildcard round, Ravens, the divisional round, Vikings, NFC divisional round. 2020, Ravens, Steelers, Saints, divisional round, wildcard round, divisional round. 2021, Bills, Patriots, Buccaneers, divisional round, Patriots missed the playoffs, but 10 and 7, Saint, and then the Buccaneers divisional round. 2022, NFC title game for the 49ers, AFC divisional round for the Bills, AFC title game for the Bengals. So we're talking over the stretch of six years, you've got three, six, nine, 12, 15, 20 teams, two missed the playoffs, but with like 
10 and seven records and you've got Super Bowl champions, you've got AFC title games all throughout the list. And that is average. If you take it and you want to bump it up to top three defenses and, and average NFL offenses, you've got an AFC title game, NFC title game, wild card round, divisional round, divisional round, divisional round, wild card round, divisional round, NFC title game, AFC title game. Yeah. I think what this really points out too, is it's like, you can be successful without a great quarterback average you know, play and, if you've got it, a great and defense it, and it doesn't even need to be average quarterback play like you can win with poor quarterback play but you need someone who can generally Facilitate function it. and 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 throw the ball and you, you just don't get that from zach wilson you need a point um, guard you need someone to just hand sure. the ball off and, yeah. and make the smart plays and someone who just can kind of say like all right, second and seven, I can throw a slant route. You know, like the thing with Zach that you really lack is the quick, you know, just one, two, throw, one, two, throw, get the ball out, get moving. Like that's what you really miss with him. Um, And I do, you know, I do think that's such a great point. And um, I guess my problem with, with the Jets, and I said we've done this time and time again, right? But we always, in this Zach Wilson era you know it feels like we have a really terrible game right last week we lost 40 to 10 against the cowboys and the whole fan base explodes and the media explodes and everyone kind of explodes and it's like zach wilson is so bad like this is crazy but you know and then you go out and you do it again and zach wilson again looks real like last week i was like hopeful that the jets could beat the patriots but my hope was i hope i see something that i have not seen yet you know, I'm going to give Zach one more chance to show me something I haven't seen yet. I didn't. We saw the same thing. And so then what bothers me is then everyone kind of takes to the the Internet and whatever. And and, you know, everyone already knows Zach Wilson sucks. But then everyone's trying to, like, point out all these other flaws that are present and and sure like if you want to blame coaching if you want to blame offensive play calling like go for it like there's nothing that shows that they've been successful but like people come out and they're like our defense is horrible and it's like well our defense isn't horrible we allowed 13 points and if we just had a regular you know offense then things probably would have gone well and you know even me I'm I'm you know, while I'm watching the game throughout the week leading up to it, I'm like, I hack it. I really wish Hackett would show me something. I wish I could see more from this offense. And you sit there and you watch a quarterback who is seeing open receivers run down the field, who there are, you know, guys running in front on crossing routes, guys running out to the flat who are open, who you could dump the ball off to, get the ball out quick and move the ball. And instead, you know, you hold on to the ball, you get sacked, you end up having to punt like all these things. So to me, it's like last year we went seven and 10 and everyone kind of agreed. Like if the jets had had any other quarterback, they probably would have been able to make the playoffs, but they didn't. They had Zach Wilson, who was quite literally the worst in the league. And now here we are again. And it's like, we have this guy playing quarterback who has just shown he can't do it. Can't do it. And then now, you know, the act starts coming for Salah. The act starts coming for Joe Douglas. Like the act start, and I don't mean in, in terms of getting fired, but I mean people want more things to blame. Why hasn't Zach gotten better? Why hasn't? And it's like, it's still just, you know, if any other quarterback was out there doing it, it wouldn't look so bad. 
But that's on Sala and Douglas at this point. That is. That's on them yes, to put the guy yes, there. So like yes. I I'm coming at them. I'm 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 not mad at Zach Wilson anymore because I know he is the worst quarterback in football. They're just throwing him out there still. They should not so, be throwing him out there. I yes, I totally agree. But I do think, you know, we expected Aaron Rodgers to be the quarterback and we said Zach Wilson. Like me and you both said we're going to give them two weeks, right? Give Zach Wilson another week. And now here we are. And so here they are still telling us that Zach Wilson is going to be the starter, still telling us that, or, you know, just finally signing Trevor Simeon. So I'm totally fine if we want to bitch at Salah and Joe Douglas for not signing a quarterback sooner, two weeks ago. So you could have had him kind of ready for Mm -hmm. now. Right. But I do give some kind of like, it's only three weeks in they were kind their hand was somewhat forced of like well this is the guy that's been running twos this is the guy who's behind Aaron Rodgers let's hope he goes out there yeah and he went out there and he blew it you know so if we go out and we do the same thing against Kansas City and then we start Zach against the Broncos and then we start Zach against the Eagles like I will jump in that pit with you but I do think that like in a lot of ways their hand has been forced I wish that they would have addressed quarterback sooner. I wish that they would have signed a backup sooner. They didn't. That's definitely a negative. Hopefully we can now move on and like by next week, Trevor Simeon will be starting against the Broncos. That That's that's a very fair point that I'll give you. If it was week seven and we were still sitting here and hopefully we're not, we, we can't be. But the fact that it is just week three, you're right. How are I they mean, supposed that- to know that Rodgers was going to tear his Achilles? How did they know that? I mean, you you should know that Zach isn't. I still just think about all these quotes from the preseason of just like, oh, Zach's got more confidence and all this stuff. And then you just watch him two weeks and you're like, no, he doesn't. He is the same exact quarterback. He's the same. Um, So I I get that. I I do. I, I guess you can't instantly fix something like this. But I think what is the most frustrating is just hearing Salah say it again and again, and I understand why he's doing it because yeah. he needs his quarterback that is going to go out there on Sunday to have confidence, and he can't just be like, oh, yeah, we have the worst starting quarterback in football right now. I understand why he can't do that. I think it's just still frustrating to hear the polar opposite of, like, we believe in him. No, you don't. Yeah. You do not believe in yeah. Zach Wilson. They, there's there is no way I can believe anything that Salah says. And then to further his quotes, because this is something else, you know, it was a very low snap count again for me, Cole Hardman, Jeremy Ruckert. Um, actually, these are Nathaniel Hackett quotes, so I guess I can't really get mad at Sala. but Hackett said, if you look at a lot of guys on our team, we haven't had a lot of plays. It's all been by what's been going on. There's a lot of things we want to get to uh, with me, Cole. He's like, when you're not converting on third down, you're not going to get a lot of people involved. So I think that's a separate from Sal. I can't get too mad at that, but I, I'm just reading these quotes and I'm like, you could put them out there on first down. You can, you can right, get Uzama off the field. You can put Ruckert on for the running plays. You can get me Cole on, on and start a game with a jet sweep or a little bubble screen. Like you can do these things. It's not like there's, you know, you don't, you, quite yeah, literally, you get to choose. Like you call the plays. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no. And I think that's a great point. Cause Sala did say those same things, you know, and those same, and someone pointed out on Twitter um, you know, they kind of said like these solid quotes just sound more and more like Adam Gase, you know, and it's yeah. like this idea that like Adam Gase always had this idea that like, like the way he said things, it's like, it made it sound like he wasn't in control. You know, it's like, yeah, we were yeah. hoping to get him more out there. It just didn't work out. 
And it's like, dude, you are the decision maker. You control it. <laughs> like, and 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 if Robert Sala wants to allow Nathaniel Hackett to have full control, it's like that's fine. But you still need to answer for, you know, like the, you allowing Nathaniel Hackett to make that decision is your decision. You know what you follow what I'm saying there? Like, mm-hmm. like even if he's saying, well, I'm gonna let Nathaniel Hackett run it that's still kind of on you. And you, if you say, Hey, let's use McCole, let's use Rucker. Like you can kind of force those issues. Um, So that's been immensely frustrating for sure. Like this idea that the idea that like, Oh, we can't run as many plays and formations that we want because we don't have enough plays. It's like, well, run different plays with those guys that will, that will make things go better than they have, you know, like right. that seems very simple. Um, yeah. Things are just terrible right now. I have, I have one. <laughs> yeah. I titled the doc. It was Teddy texted me at the same time where he was like, this is the worst. And I, I titled our doc rundown. The world is crumbling and everything sucks. Um, we've just done it so many times i i i have there is one conversation that i don't think we've had yet and i want to pose this question to you we have seen sala make coaching decisions and changes uh, the offensive line the defensive snaps for certain players but we've seen zach wilson out there and granted there was a switch made last year so i don't want to say they've never done it but we seem like we're here again too and even to further that fact i know we've been talking about other quarterback options but even to the point of when rogers first went down the quotes from Salah were if we bring a quarterback in it is to back up zach wilson we are not going to have somebody come in and kind of push him for a starting job so this entire time we've heard Salah very much preach that guys need to earn their positions Yet for some reason, Zach Wilson is still out here and continues to be the team's starting quarterback. Joe Douglas will move on from disgruntled players quickly. He shipped out Elijah Moore. He doesn't have a huge attachment to players if he doesn't think that they're going to be giving this team the best effort to move forward and win. Who in the organization is holding Zach Wilson here after all this time? Who do you think it it truly comes down to? Because the coach and the GM seem to be willing to shovel things up for the benefit of the team, but not when it comes to this one singular position. Yeah, I, I mean, your guess is as good as mine. You can obviously point to, you know, is it Woody Johnson, you know, who has been a known Zach Wilson guy, you know, dating back to the draft. And, um. You know, I think he probably wants to avoid like the embarrassment of like another failed top three pick just as much as anyone. But I think you can also look to, you know, Joe Douglas for not being willing to say like, hey, we need to bring in even another quarterback to compete. You know, like look what the 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 49ers did with Trey Lance. You know, they didn't say our Chase is going to be our backup. They went out and signed two guys, you know. Um, so, you know, your guess is as good as mine, but I, I do think. You know, like I think when Robert Sala goes home at night, he's like, God damn it. Like, how, how did I get stuck with this guy again? Like, how are we here? You know, and, and I do. I don't know, man. It, it's just. I, 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 you know, maybe it's it's positive thinking, but I do kind of feel like with the way the Rogers shit went down with the way this whole offseason went down, like I feel like Zach Wilson being the backup was truly just like a hey, hopefully we're not going to have to use this, but 
we're just going to kind of try to ride this out for another year and maybe we'll be able to trade him. Maybe we'll be, you know what I mean? Like kind of move on then kick it down the can a little bit. And that backfired on them, you know, like, like Massively. not bring in someone else to be the backup ruined it. And then, you know, that's a, that's a, a you know, blemish on Joe Douglas and, and, yeah. and the, the front office. And then like you signed Tim Boyle to be your third string but it's like you clearly don't trust him enough to to get in there over Zach, you know, because then you go out and you sign Trevor Simeon. So it, it's just kind of like these unfortunate situations that put them in these like bad spots. But also it's like you could have been more realistic and prepared for these things as a front office, as a coaching staff. And you did it, you know, and, and again, like I really do. I think that when you're wearing the season, Robert Sala has to be the person answering. But I do think that most likely the decisions are coming from above him in terms of, okay, well, we're going to roll with Zach as our number two. And all right, now Aaron went down. Let's stick with Zach for a couple of weeks and see how it goes. And okay. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I do think in a lot of ways he is, you know, just kind of having to go out there and, um, you know, hype up the team that he's given. I, I, I do think that in a lot of ways. I've never been in a, in a football locker room. Are, are there, because I just have to imagine, like, is he able to have conversations with the other stars on this team just one-on-one? -on -one? Because if, if you're running a risk of the players, you know, really just going crazy kind of over this situation for the second year in a row, is there yeah. anything where you can go and sit down with a Quinnen or a Sauce and just be like, I know, trust me, I know. Or is that well, also just bad faith <laughs> at that point? Like, what are I don't you know. That's, I think that depends on the person, you know, if he's going to like be honest with his players. I think most certainly, you know, discontent in the locker room is very, very real, you know, and you saw it report after report last year, as much as I didn't want to believe it, you know, it's like these, think about what this offseason was. Like, think about the players would talk Dude, about, they we got this so quarterback excited. now. We, we got this quarterback now. Like, the players were like, you know, hey, last year we didn't have a quarterback, and this year we do. The coaches were saying that. They were saying, yeah, well, our quarterback's going to be pretty freaking good this year. Like, everything was built on this team having this great quarterback. And, you know, you think about how this defense's mentality is, and they know that they can be the best defense in the league. They know that they can have the best defensive line in the league. Like, they know they can truly go out there and dominate any team, any week. And, you know, last year they dealt with that all year where it's, hey, we just held the Patriots to three points and we somehow did not knock it out of here with a win. And, you know, it's one thing to get through a season of that and then see your coach and your GM make the necessary adjustments of saying, hey, we, hey, I, I hear you. You're right. We don't have the correct quarterback. Let's go make improvements. But then when that backfires on you and you're three weeks in, you don't have a 17 game leash, you know, for these, for this um, team to stay on your side, you know, like things will go south. And I, we said it last week on the podcast, right? We were like, if the Jets lose this game, things are going to get bad quick, you know, and it did. And, and it's even more so it's not just losing the game, but the game in the fashion that we did. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, 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 do think that that risk of losing the locker room is most certainly there. But again, like you have to hope that these guys are going to eventually make the right decision, 
you know, and and move who the quarterback's going to be because it's just not fair to NFL players who know that they're dominant, who know that they're some of the best players in the league to go out there and just not be given a chance, you know? Right. Before we, I guess, move on to the the last part of this where we preview the, the upcoming Chiefs game, which to me isn't much of a preview. It's more just like, here we go again. Um, do you think, you know, Simeon's the first step here, bringing in a guy off the street. Is it a name that we talked about? Not really. Is it a name that we're super excited oh, yeah. about? Not really. Is this it? Is this the only move that they're going to make? Yeah, I'm 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 very happy you brought this up because we should have the Simeon discussion. Um I guess my first comment on us signing Trevor Simeon is, you know, our best options were like Colt McCoy and Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan, who like all like you can think what you want about Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan. Like the last times we saw them, they were really, really bad, you know, and they were probably backup level quarterbacks in the league. And to me, like signing Trevor Simeon is just the same as that. Like, I'm not mad at the Jets for trying to signing Trevor Simeon instead of signing. Like the Jets were never going to sign Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is a known locker room cancer. He, they're not going to do it, you know? Like that's what I'll I'll, the only pushback I'd give is I think Carson Wentz is a more talented quarterback, but he is a worse fit for the organization. Yeah, sure. I'll say that. I'll I'll say that. But like with Matt Ryan and like, like Colt McCoy, like, I don't think this Trevor Simeon is any different than that. And I do, you know, you think what you want about, about Matt Ryan and your, and your Colt stuff. I would say, I mean, I I watched it. It was terrible. But even in that terrible season, he completed 67% of his passes, 14 touchdowns, and threw for 3,000 yards. Would you take that from Zach Wilson? I'd take that any day of the week. No, sure. But I'm saying I don't think it would be absurd if Trevor Simeon started 17 games for him to have those numbers. You know, like I think it's the same idea. You know, Trevor Simeon's last four games, I think he's had like eight touchdowns, two interceptions, you know. Um Yeah. Like trying yeah. to fact check me. Here. I mean, I'm looking at, I mean, his last full season, he played in six games. He completed 57% of his passes, 11 touchdowns over the course of six games. It's not bad. Yeah. Uh, but and, it's, and it's not great. No, it's, it's, it's it, it is bad. It is bad. Right. But it's it like bad. a guy who has been gone out there and shown he can do more than Zach Wilson has gone out there and shown. Um, yeah. Uh, but but so that does bring up the, the better point. Right. Because it's like, OK, so hopefully we go out there and we put in Trevor Simeon and we're able to have a little bit more of a functioning offense, you know, and maybe we stumble our way in to being only two and four, you know, before our week seven by somehow get a win in the next three weeks. If Simeon can start against the Broncos, you know, and and revenge game for him, by the way, in. revenge game for Simeon. Good for Simeon. Let's hope he doesn't break his ankle on the first, on the second snap again. Um, No, but I'm happy you brought this up because I would love the idea of the Jets, you know, trading for a Kirk Cousins or trading for a Ryan Tannehill, like trading for one of these quarterbacks that people keep throwing out that are on, you know, struggling teams who are eventually going to want to tank and they're going to want to get rid of their great quarterback. Like, I'm all for it. You know, if you want to trade us a quarterback, I say Jets, you built a good team. You went all in for this year. 
give up a, a future pick, give up what you need to give up to get one of those guys. Like I am in 100%. But I do, how realistic is it in your perspective that, you know, a team like the Titans or a team like the Vikings or whatever other team that you think maybe would be looking to deal a quarterback, like how realistic would it ever be even if the Vikings are 0-4, 0-5 to get a Kirk, even if the Titans are 0-4-5 to get a Tannehill. Like, what, where is your stance there? If it was any other year, maybe not as high. We had this text conversation in a group chat. Uh, was it Carson Palmer? Is that who it was that I was telling you this uh, from? Jordan Palmer. Jordan Palmer. He was on the Rosilla podcast and said that if Caleb Williams was playing in the NFL right now, he'd be a top 10 to 14 quarterback day one. If he, if he just didn't even have the, if he was just playing this week, he would be a top 10 to 14 quarterback. If you are an organization that has, has star players, has some foundational pieces and good enough coaching, I think getting to an O and five or a one and six would be a stretch where you would start saying, Maybe we just go and try and get this guy. Minnesota, pair Caleb Williams with a Justin Jefferson and Kevin O'Connell as the head coach there. Mike Vrabel is one of the best head coaches be in awesome. football. If you could pair him up with just, you know, it's not like stars that are around there, but you could get him into a division that is not the best in the world and have a franchise quarterback. Um, both of those situations you have quarterbacks that are running up on their contracts. They are about to hit free agency for both of them. If you're hitting one and six, your season is most likely not ending in the playoffs. So I think it becomes very likely, especially when you consider that the grand prize, if things really bottom out, because Kirk Cousins can sneak you a few wins. He can sneak you wins against the Bears twice. He could sneak you ones against the Broncos in November, the Raiders. Like he can sneak you a few wins in there. Tannehill. I, here's what I'll Tannehill say. Tannehill definitely sucks, but like Tannehill's he's way better bad. than than Zach. Tannehill, Wilson. Tannehill is bad, dude. He's I agree bad. With you. So obviously, I think we both we both know that Kirk Cousins. But how is bad like, is bad? Not Zach Wilson bad, and you know you can only find true. you can only find out one way, I guess. Right? I'm saying, I'm sitting in. here saying that I think Trevor Simeon, who was just on the street, is an improvement. I know, and I know, I know. Ryan Tannehill would be an improvement. I know, I know. You probably would, especially you got the Todd Downing connection. Kirk would be an interesting one where I almost wonder if there's no way Jets ownership is is really mad about him using them as leverage for the contract with Minnesota still, right? Because that wasn't like the so. best moment ever. I honestly I, don't. Uh, both of those guys are both of those guys are one year rentals. So the commitment on the Jets end, you give up a pick for him and you're saying, hey, let's just let's just see what we can make out of this. Because like I said, if you are a top five defense or a top and an average offense, you're in the playoffs. And you're more often than not in the divisional round with some title appearances in the Super Bowl. Why not? Why wouldn't Why wouldn't both sides of that want to do it? Now, the Jets still have to be in a position. You have to get the Denver win. The Vikings, look, they probably have their first win coming up this week against Carolina, but then they've got the Chiefs and the 49ers in, in two of the next three weeks with the Bears sandwich in between. So if they're sitting there at two and four after the San Fran game, and the Jets are on their bye, maybe you ship them off before the 49ers. Hey, maybe the Bears come in and beat Minnesota, and then they're sitting there at 1-5. You can get the Jets the to get Kirk Cousins into their bye an extra week. Like, that would be the time to make that move. 
Minnesota gets an extra pick back and then they can bottom out their season in hopes that they can get. And it's not just a Caleb Williams. It's a Drake May. It's a Michael Penix. It's there's there's quarter. There's three quarterbacks at least that'll go top 10 this year. So, you know, it makes it, it wouldn't make sense if Kirk Cousins was. 27 and he had three years left on his deal he's in his 30s he's about to hit free agency Tannehill's at the end of his career he's about to hit free agency so yeah if you can get an extra pick for a guy like that and your season's already over at that point I'd say go and do it will they who knows we'll have to wait a few weeks to find out but those are two organizations where if things continue to go poorly it makes all the sense in the world to do it yeah, no, and I, I'm totally with that, and I'm totally, um, like, for that plan. I just struggle to really think how realistic it, it will be, um, you know, but obviously we'll, we'll just have to, to right. see how that That's plays out. That's the pipe out. dream. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and I do think that realistically, the more realistic option is we're going to be, you know, trotting out Trevor for a while and then you know hopefully things don't go south and hopefully because it's like you can't bench Zach Wilson for like a third time and then just like put him out there again you know one more you know like unless this Jets season really gets away from us and it's like hey we might only get one win you know which I would hope wouldn't be able to happen with this team um I think the most likely scenario is we're just going to be seeing Simeon or you know and maybe if it starts to go poorly maybe you know, hey, we cut Simeon. Now we signed Colt McCoy. Now, you know what I mean? Like maybe they end up having to bring someone else in. But I do think like once Zach Wilson is benched, you cannot go back. To it's it. Guy. This you is this would I be mean? the final. This would be the final. Yeah. The final chapter for him. <laughs> Excuse me. I did have another name just kind of like pop into my head today. Um, of a guy that would probably be cheaper than the others. He's younger um davis mills hmm. didn't have like he didn't win a lot of games in houston Don't hate but it. but he's he's young and he was a starter for two years and he looked better than zach wilson has yeah this is dude i'm fine with davis mills truly like and davis mills completely you know he looked okay for a year and then kind of came yeah. out and was like hey i'm not an nfl starting quarterback but that is where we are at like that's what's so heartbreaking about this all is like Zach Wilson is so bad that I'm excited for Trevor Simeon, who hasn't played in two years, to get on the field. You know, Dude, give, like, give me a guy that's completed 64% of his passes, thrown yeah, for yeah. 6,000 yards in his career, 33 touchdowns. Like, give me a guy that that has shown me something. Like, the, the completion percentage is something that I always go to with NFL offenses now. Like, it should be so easy to have a high completion percentage. You shouldn't be sitting at 50% as a starting quarterback in the NFL. Right. It's abysmal. Um, so that would be one of those ones where alongside with, we were saying, if you bench Zach Wilson, you're, you're officially have to be done with him. If you then trade for a guy that was drafted in the second round, a whole round behind Zach Wilson, it, the Zach Wilson chapter is done because you're literally like a guy later in his draft class, we're going to bring in here now. So yeah. it's just like, but it truly is like, like this team needs to, needs to be a smart team and move You know what I mean? Like, you know, how the smart teams like seem to give up a little, like, you know, the card, even the Cardinals, they're not a smart team, but they traded Josh Rosen. They got out of it. You know, the, right the, the, the 49ers moved on from Trey Lance. They got out of it. It's like, if you want things to work out, you need to be able to admit your mistakes and you need to be able to kind of like, um, you know, move on and just try to get your wins. And, and I do, you know, 
you have this stat here, not stat, but just kind of statement here um, about the Jets last two seasons, you know, and, and I'll let you say anything that you want to add, but basically what you wrote is we've seen two offensive coordinators, you know, through this Sala experience, through the Zach Wilson experience, and we haven't seen any any like changes really like the fans are still complaining about this bland offense they're still complaining about a offense that doesn't seem like it is built the same way at other 2023 offenses are you know with motions with lots of passing with all these different things um I guess before I go on like do you have anything to add there you know it's your point I just don't I just don't get the point of not doing it Every like we gave the examples of like Josh Dobbs last week, there was a pre-snap motion, and I think there was there was a guy on Jets Twitter that had a great thread of it. But like when I tell you, I went back and I I watched the Colts Ravens game, seventy five percent or eighty percent of their offensive snaps had pre-snap motion, and sometimes multiple versions of it. Like why aren't you setting your quarterback up for success? Why like I'm trying to truly understand because for me, Hackett. That was his bread and butter in Jacksonville. That's how they got Blake Bortles to do it like an average job. He, You know, that 2017 Jaguars team was one of the teams I mentioned in this that had an average offense, top five defense, and made it to the AFC title game. Like, that was his bread and butter. We saw them do it with Rodgers and Green Bay. You know, the, the Denver stuff was a little bit messy. I don't think there was as much pre-snap motion, but him and, and Russ were a terrible partnership together, and that was really the first blemish on his career so now I'm here and I'm like, why is he getting away from it? Is that is that him? Is that a just full-on game plan where it's just like we are going to run on first down and run on second down and pass on third and just hope our defense holds the team to below 17 points? Like, that's why I'm trying to – like, there's just so many things I need to know because none of it makes sense to me is like this coach was successful doing these things that got him up to the point of being a head coach. Now he's back as an offensive coordinator – and for some reason, he's abandoned everything that got him there in the first place. Like, that is what's not making sense to me. Yeah, and I, I think that is a fair observation. And I think, it, again, it's like when we have an offense that is functioning, like, naturally, along with the quarterback, like, you're going to blame the coordinator. You're going to blame the head coach. Like, these things do fall onto their laps. Um, and I guess what I just want to kind of point out um, – to try to push back and really put the blame on Zach Wilson some more. Um, <laughs> it's just that, so you said like two years in a row, right? We've seen this bland offense with the Jets and we've seen whatever, but you also do think it's like Mike uh, LaFleur did have some of that, you know, some of that kind of exciting stuff. And I think when you look at the Jets season last season, we were able to score 27 or more points six times last year. And Two of those, two of those six came in games and came in the, you know, 10 games that Zach Wilson started and played. Mm -hmm. And the other four came in the remaining seven games. You know, um, if you think about anecdotally, even, you know, forget about the stats, but just think about what this Jets season looked like last year. You had Zach hurt for the first, you know, four or five weeks. And in the first three weeks, you know, you're putting up, 30 ish points twice. And then all of a sudden you get a win without Zach Wilson with, with this backup that no one believes in with Joe Flacco or whoever it was, you know? And, and I really do think like as sad as it is, 
if you point to all of the games that we haven't had Zach Wilson in there, that's where you've seen, hey, great game from Hackett today right. or, or from yeah. LaFleur today. You know, hey, the 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 receivers were actually getting open and able to move hmm. the ball. And hey, the running game, you know what I mean? Like that's where things have really clicked. So to me, it's like we've seen this story and we've seen it all go down and we can put the blame where it is. But we need to address the elephant in the room first. And we need to stop putting Zach Wilson out there and expecting things to be different. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if they continue to not do that, then I will be fully with you, put all the blaming on the coaching staff. But like, like, you know, we can move into this Kansas City game, but like literally, here's my analysis for the Kansas City game. The defense will be good, but they're playing one of the best offenses in the league. If we want a chance to win, we need to close our eyes, cross our fingers, and pray that the Jets are going to come out and look like a team that we've never seen before with Zach Wilson under center. Like that is what you need to hope for in order for the Jets to have a good offensive performance is I hope I see something I've never seen before, you know, and it really is as simple as that. I have a, a dream wish scenario for Sunday, Sunday night. Everybody's going to be watching. It's the chiefs. Taylor Swift is in attendance. I know, like which I'm so it is, about it is going to be, gonna be it's, watching. It's, everybody's going to be watching. <laughs> I want Robert Sala pregame to go to Zach Wilson, or maybe not pregame. Maybe he does it the day before or two days before. And I want him to go and say, Zach Wilson, this is your last shot. Go, <laughs> go fucking go, go crazy. Four verts, every play, like just go crazy. Try it. What the fuck do you have to lose? You're going up against the Chiefs. It's not the Patriots that you can hold the 15 points. Go. I want him to say, fucking cut your nuts off. Like, let's just fucking sling this thing around like it is the last time you're ever going to play football because it very well might be. Yeah. Go do it. And that's what I kind of... I would rather watch Zach Wilson on Sunday Night Football have 50 pass attempts than to watch him throw for another 170 yards no touchdowns, right. maybe a pick in there, get sacked four or five times. Just go. Play play like it is backyard football, and maybe that maybe you can find something. Maybe you can find some passion for the game again. Maybe you can find some enthusiasm. Maybe you can find some confidence. Just go do it. This yeah, is it. I, this is it. This I is like the this last idea. Game. I like this idea, and this has been a big, you know, just let Zach Wilson go out there and sling it. Just let him Fuck go it. out there and sling it. This is kind of my point about the offenses, though, is I do, like, I kind of think that we have, in some ways, been letting him sling it, and he just will not get let go of the ball. You know He's what I scared. mean? Like, He's scared. There's plenty of plays on Twitter where they show the All-22, and it's like, hey, there's Garrett Wilson wide open in the seam. Oh, hey, there's a crossing route directly in front of you, but for some reason you're not pulling the trigger and throwing the he's, ball. Like, he's scared about so this. his career. idea. They, that's right. why I need and, I, they need to tell him they need to tell him this is it yeah no yeah I, which they're not I'd gonna rather, do but just like say Patriots it like it's game I would have rather seen a four interception you know game where he's trying to make plays and he's throwing the ball than saw see the game that we saw you know like like you need to see a quarterback who is willing to run the offense who's willing to throw the passes who's willing to take a couple chances like that's what you need to see think about Zach Wilson's only touchdown pass this year it was a bad throw to a covered receiver <laughs> and it worked out, you know, but it's like, do that more often, throw the Every ball, play. but 
But it, I want to see it every play. Me, it's like you have to be able to throw the ball short, and there's guys running open that you're just ignoring. Like and... if you think about what made him so exciting in college, it was the backyard football aspect to it. Now yeah. that, but like, and I'm not saying that's gonna. It works in the NFL. It have, works at BYU. It works at BYU. It, have it you does. seen the the viral tweet, Jets viral tweet? I guess, uh, and it's it was basically just like, what happened to Zach Wilson, man? And it's just like highlights of him at BYU. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen that like I recently, have. but ba- like, it's really unfortunate because it's like I wish this front office and coaching staff would have like realized this, but. You're watching all these highlights and every single one, he doesn't have pressure. He's able to sit back in the, in the pocket and he's able to just take a couple seconds and throw. None of them are, you know, one, it's, two, throw, yeah, one, two, yeah. three. None it's very them. different. It, it, it's he college is such the most a different game. The most important thing when you're moving from college to NFL is understanding the internal clock and understanding getting rid of the ball Two weeks in a row, we've seen Zach Wilson be the worst quarterback and hold the ball for the longest amount of time in the entire NFL. I mean, that is your answer. That is why we are not playing well. Um, yeah, sucks. <laughs> I just, I just want, I just want the coddling to be over with. I, if I just put his feet to the fire, if he's got any sort of balls to him, if he's got nuts, go and just I'm put just it on. I'm not sure that they're coddling him. I'm really not. I, I'm not the, sure. The quotes to me, but the quotes to me of like the, no, we sure, still believe sure. in him and he's our quarterback. He gives us the best chance to win. I wanted them to sit him down and be like, hey, we're just saying that to save face. Buck the fuck up. This is it. Chiefs, yeah, Mahomes, go toe to toe with this guy this week. It's different. Like to me, even last week, like I would have been. It's it's funny you that the difference in opponent makes me right. Like I understand we can hold the Patriots to thirteen points. Right, like you can punt on a fourth and one and trust your defense to get the, the ball Jets. Back. The Chiefs are a different story. Mahomes yeah. is coming uh-huh. in there, prime time game. Travis Kelsey is it the Chiefs of like two years ago when they had Tyree Kill and they were lighting up the league? No, but it's still the Chiefs. Like they're going to be in the final four teams most likely, and and they're a force to be reckoned with. So like, go toe for toe. Try your best. If it doesn't work out, like to me. If we if we think that the Simeon signing is the writing on the wall that this might be the last game of the Zach Wilson era in New York, go nuts, kid. Go fucking crazy. Just yeah. see what happens. Yeah, I agree with you in terms of coddling him from a, a wording perspective. I'm not fully convinced that they're not <clears throat> no, giving I, him the opportunity. I agree. Because there's, you know the like, there's open guys down the field. There's open guys down the field. Orlovsky had a great video on if it. He hit, right. And it's like if he would just make those throws, all of a sudden, oh, hey, Zach Wilson took five deep shots today. Right. Like they're really opening up the offense. You know, like all these things. And it's like, he, it, it, we're just not. To me, I think he's worried about his job. And so right. he's playing which scary. Is and he, which is yeah, fair he because his job is very much, you know. The, the New York here. media or playing prime time, like we killed yeah. another one, you know, yeah. like we saw, I think last year after the 10 to three Patriots game, I, I said on this podcast, I was like, we just saw the death of another Jets quarterback. And it's yeah. like this fear to go out there and have the most embarrassing game of your life. Dude, I cannot tell you how goddamn fucking stressed it makes me feel that we're playing Sunday night football, the most watched game of the week against yeah. the former reigning Super Bowl champions and fucking Taylor Swift is going to be there. So not <laughs> only is every football fan going to be watching it, right. but every fucking human in the world yeah. is going to be watching it because they're going to be like, oh, Taylor Swift. And I hate when the Jets get the spotlight and, and you know, 
just everyone's like, yeah, the Jets suck. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Two final questions for you. All right, I'm here. One, if Sam Darnold is the quarterback of this team, what's their record? Two and one, at least. I mean, that's a fact. I think if Trevor Simeon was the quarterback of the, does, this team, it's and 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 does Sam Darnold? Wants... Here's the here. Does Sam Darnold get this team to the playoffs? I think so. Probably. Me too. I think so too. And uh, and I want to be I want to be very clear here because do I think Sam Darnold is a good quarterback? No. Do I think Sam Darnold will end up being a successful starting quarterback in the NFL? No. But this team that we have currently built is worlds better than the 2017 to the 2019 Jets. Easily. Worlds better. The talent is worlds better. And uh, like you look at last year, if you just had a average, not even average, below average backup level quarterback in, this team would have been way more successful. If you look at last week, if you had a Trevor Simeon or a Sam Darnold in, they were probably going to be able to win the game. So it's like, yes, that decision ends up looking terrible because we drafted Zach Wilson instead of keeping Sam Darnold. You know, that was a ceiling play. Hey, let's hope that this guy becomes an elite weapon in the NFL and we have a great team. But instead, it's like we built this great team and we don't have a quarterback that can remotely support it. That stings. It Who else would have been there? Who else well, would have and, been and there? You could have gone. I think that's what's frustrating about this offseason is like, yeah, we signed Rodgers, but it's like Baker Mayfield's out on the street all year. Josh Dobbs is out there. Like, there's all these yeah, guys Baker. who ended that's up. another good one. You see, and, and you see all these other NFL fan bases panicking, panicking about their team. And it seems like quarterback play across the league is low, and there's tons of offense out there that look inept. And there's tons of quarterbacks that aren't playing well. Even we just watched Joe Burrow and Matt Stafford, who are supposed to be great. The whole broadcast was about how the quarterbacks aren't playing up to their expectations. And they're all able to move the ball (laughs) and function better than the Jets and Zach Wilson have been. Like every single team, I think the Bears are the only team that maybe is in a similar position as the Jets. Maybe with the way their offenses look. And I will say the one positive of this year is while Zach Wilson is being horrible and looking like the worst pit draft pick ever, no one has said, man, the Jets could have drafted Justin Fields right. <laughs> because of how yeah. bad Justin Fields is. Bad That's been. been the only positive. Well, and then, and then, like, if you're getting <laughs> Mac Jones, you're basically just getting, like, an average-level guy at that point, too. And, and they're right, not saying like, Trey Lance. I would Lance. love to have Mac Jones. I would love to have Mac Jones right now. That's how bad Zach Wilson is. I'll send that to Scott. Send that to, I'm gonna I know. That, send it's it to true, Scott. It really no, it is. is. It is. Um, that's the other funny part of it too. Is it's not just like, oh, what if we kept Sam Darnold? But it's like, what if we kept Sam Darnold and instead either drafted Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Penny Sewell, or like, Kyle what if Pitts. we did the thing that no one said we were allowed to do and kept Sam Darnold and said, hey, right, he's gonna just be in our case. backup and we're gonna draft. You know what I mean? Like we did it. Yeah. With, it, it, yeah. Whatever. Second question. Did it hurt at all on Sunday watching Mike White connect on an 80-yard bomb to Robbie Anderson? No, literally no. <laughs> did not. That being a thing that people were like, oh, look at the Jets. They did, and, and Mike White and Robbie Anderson, like that pissed me off. That was the, funny. The I thought it was degree. I thought it was hilarious when uh, I saw it. I was like, uh, two legends. 
Also, so Robbie Anderson's name is Robbie Chosen. I could it's have now sworn for it's, a year. It, no, was, it was Chosen, chosen Anderson. It was Chosen Anderson. He changed and it again. And now it's Robbie Chosen. Okay. Yep. So I was making sure. I was like, it'd be crazy if they just misreported it for a year and the yeah. whole league was like calling He's the wrong name. mentally unwell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, you've seen his uh, tweets yeah. and such. He, yeah. he, well, he's he's, he's a, no Chandler he's Jones. I know. Jesus Christ. CTE's <laughs> a motherfucker. Um, <laughs> score prediction? Yeah. Chiefs minus nine say. and a half. Over-under is 41 and a half. I always say on this podcast, I don't pick against the Jets, and then there's always the week where... There's that week where you're I, a broken man. You're a yeah. broken man. Yeah. So... I don't know. Did you 45 to nine Chiefs? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think our no. defense will let up 45 points, but, no, but no. that's where my mental that's where my mental is. I, I think that because again, it's like I could get my hopes up that something could go better, but all I would be doing is hoping, you know, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm a fan at the end of the day. I'm not like yeah. always like I have to be right. I'm gonna be sitting there watching the Jets, hoping things work out. And, you know, shit happens in the NFL. Maybe it does. But it's like if we go out and we see the Jets beat the Chiefs, most likely we will be seeing a game from Zach Wilson we've never seen before. You know, even if that's just being able to move the ball consistently. You know, it's like I you don't have to score every possession. Be able to get to the 50. Be able to get a first down. You know Give your what defense I mean? rest. Like, are, Give your defense these rest. Are not, these are not – high goals and that's why it's like hey yeah trevor simeon i think could come in here and probably win some games because it's really like just look a little bit better and we just continually don't do it you know so do you see willie gay's comments chiefs linebacker this week yes yes and team that wants to run the ball and he's holding back laughter yeah yeah literally not wrong it's like what what has the film shown you know and i bet you when they're watching film they're like Man, look at this guy wide open. Yeah. Zach throw it. You know, like uh, Zach Wilson, I feel bad for the kid, but, it, you know, I really do like this team has so much talent. So many things have looked good before. Like it, it, it is the biggest thing that you can take away from all this is, you know, so far this front office and coaching staff has shown too much trust in this guy. And, that's going to be their undoing ultimately, unless they correct it sooner rather than later. Right. So 45 to nine. Yeah. That's um, what I'm going to end with. I'm going to go. twenty-seven thirteen. Nice. You think the Jets score a touchdown? I guess they'd have to with 13. Yes. One nice. touchdown. Zach Wilson's final. This is I, I truly do. This is this should this should be the last game that Zach Wilson plays for the New York Jets. Yeah, no, and, and the we're, fact we're that it's the Chiefs, like there's funeral. been no it's not like it's just like, hey, go out and play one of the worst D's in the league, you know, which like who knows even if that would go well. But I'm just saying it's like the odds that we actually do go shock the world against the Chiefs is slim. And the the odds that it like imagine if Imagine if Randall Cobb comes down to that Hail Mary last week, you know, and we end up winning yeah. the game. And you're sitting there saying, hey, it wasn't pretty, but it was enough. 
but it's still just like you need to be able to remove yourself from the results of the game and just really understand like this guy's not helping us you look at the bills when we had it was because we had four turnovers you know like it wasn't because zach wilson played well at all so it's not like there's been like positives and negatives there's just been negatives I guess I didn't really expect us to talk about Zach Wilson this whole time, but I also think it makes sense because that's really where we're what at. else? What else is there to talk? I right. mean, the, the yeah. defense is great. We know Gary. Every Wilson's conversation still great. relates back to that. Exactly. That and and our frustrations even with with Jets Twitter trying to be mad at the defense. It's like no, you guys are idiots. The offense is is the is bad. Right. It all comes like, back to the offense and Zach Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. And, and most people do get that, but then it's like the fucking reply guys like going off. It's like, dude, we let up 13 points. Like that's a great what do you defensive expect? day. Yeah. A great defensive day. So, yeah. I think this game will feel a lot like the Cowboys where the Jets defense keeps them in early, but they're on the field too often mm-hmm. as the game goes on. The Chiefs wear them down, get a couple of touchdowns after getting field goals in the first half, and the Jets get a fourth quarter touchdown. And it's Zach yeah. Wilson's final. I think, you know – as sad and as unwilling as I am to want to be in this mindset. Like I, I really am at this point where it's like with Zach Wilson as the quarterback, this Jets team is not a good team, you know? And I don't mean to say that to take down the rest of the players, but I just mean like the odds of wins are low. Mm-hmm. And so I'm no longer like going in, like hoping for the best. I'm kind of just like gritting my teeth and saying like, all right, let's, let's get through this game, you know? And, and, Hopefully they can shock me and show some positive things. But like I said at the beginning of this podcast, I am a beaten down man. Sad, sad day. Yeah. All right. My homies hate Zach Wilson. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to another depressing episode of Chasing 1969. Uh, Follow us on Twitter, NYJ underscore Chasing 69. Same as the YouTube channel, Teddy at Teddy Huncho. Uh, I am at Spring Blake with four A's in there. Get your drinks ready for Sunday night. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> good good luck out there. Peace. <laughs>